Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Welcome, everybody. This is Script Shop Show. My name is Jack, and I'm an itty-bitty man. <laughs> I think I said teeny-tiny. Teeny-tiny. Darn it. I knew it was one of those um, two. He was an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny. Podcast host in a bikini. <laughs> oh, that would be nice that if you fits. had a bikini on. Uh, have you ever worn a bikini? I don't think so. Uh, like, I'm running back through, like, you know, wacky stuff in college and, like... As a child, maybe your mom put days. Spirit days. Like in high school. Like I, I definitely stuff. wore like a dress for like, there was like a spirit day where you wear a dress for sure. Yeah, but. and those are funny days too. But uh, it's always funnier when boys, this is Allison, by the way. Welcome yeah, to the Yeah, hi everybody. Show. It's funnier when boys wear girls clothes as yes. comedy and not as funny, vice versa. Pants rolls are like good. Well, because thankfully we've gotten to a place as a society where it's not scandalous for women to wear pants. Oh, thank God too. Yeah. Because if I had to wear dresses, if I had to shave my legs enough to wear dresses mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do with myself. <laughs> I would just move into a cave. Just never leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. Because God forbid somebody see hair on my legs. Right. Yeah, that, right? T- talk about scandal. Yes. That would be the end of it. Hi, everybody. This is Script Shop Show. This is where we talk to, believe it or not, screenwriters about uh, <laughs> about work that they've written and about their lives. Yes, about their lives and how that leads them to write the scripts that they will write and what it means to them and how important it is for them. Um, we are super excited about today's show. We have Alex Workman and his 126-page feature, Haunt, on the show today. Haunt. Haunt. And, uh, it's a little bit ghostly. A little bit, right? A little bit Western. A little bit noir. Yeah, like little a little hard boiled cop. You would have to say things. Can you do a noir voice? Like, I was sitting at, at my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. recording thing uh, when the dame Frank walked in. Right. The smoke was rolling heavy through my office on the second floor. I could hear <laughs> sirens down below. Then all of a sudden, there was a knock on my door. It was six in the evening, which was early for me, but I hadn't had dinner yet. <laughs> And like there needs to be like like sort of a harmonica sort of sound in the a, background. Yeah, and a door opens. And you hear like high heels come walking yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> click, 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 not stomp, 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 stomp. Right. Sorry. My and knuckles say, aren't good for that. It's been three days since I've seen him come around here. She came walking in with red hair. I knew I was in trouble from the get go. <laughs> You're so good at there that. There we go. There's a little noir. Oh, that's, that's some- awesome. Yeah. So anyway, he's written a script for us called Haunt, uh, which we're going to talk to him about here in a little bit. Um, We are involved in various websites, if you can believe that or not, as a podcast. I know that really sets us apart. We are on <laughs> uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Script Shop Show. Please uh, check us out. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Yep. Um, all those things would be great if you enjoy the show. Uh, that helps us to sort of know how we're doing. Yeah. We get to see like uh, where we should focus and what we should improve, et cetera. Yeah, so talk your, to us. your feedback is greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like the show and you want to support the show, you can go on to Patreon and you can look up Script Shop Show on there, toss us a couple of bucks, help us 
Um, at this point, fund anything that we're doing. Frank drives from Dayton every single time he has to come down for the show, so <laughs> I feel like maybe we could kick a couple of gas dollars his way. Won't you please support this poor Frank Steele who's <laughs> driving from Dayton on a weekly basis? He's coming down from Dayton, Ohio, just lucky to get out of the out of the badlands up there. You know, for less than a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you can support. You can Frank. help Frank on his drive from Dayton. <laughs> um, we would definitely be putting your money to good use in all the production of Script Shop Show. Yeah. Script Shop. So if you're interested, please get on there and check it out. And uh, if you're interested in submitting, you can do that on Film Freeway. Film Freeway is a great place for you to send us your script as well as get more info about the show. Um, also, just because I'm doing commercials for my own work nowadays. Let's do that. If you are if you are on Film Freeway, go look up the Independent Film Fest on Film Freeway and submit your short or feature or experimental or music video, whatever kind of fully produced um, film or screenplay to a film festival happening here in Cincinnati, August 23rd, 24th, 25th, 2018. Allison, this film festival that you're talking about sounds interesting. Is this something that you came up with and are producing? <laughs> yes, Jack, it is something that I came up with and am producing. But it's not a totally original idea, as I've spent many, many a month traveling to film festivals and experiencing what makes them freaking awesome mm -hmm. for filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So if you're officially selected into this film festival, we're going to be working on providing you with two nights of lodging, as well as monetary prizes uh, for our major awards. There we go. So come to Cincinnati and see what it's all about. You can meet Jack, you can meet Frank, but, Hi. you know... If you don't want to meet Frank, that's fine. You, you don't have to. I mean, look, nobody, <laughs> Frank, I think I can speak for the both of us when I say that nobody's really coming down to meet us. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you guys are adorable. Let's be honest. We're okay, but I mean, they're going to, I mean, you're the, you're, this is, you're, you're the lady of this thing. You're I'm, the, yeah, I'm just the only one. That's the, the thing. If there was another girl here, well, she in easily here, be it. Yeah, but in terms of the festival, I mean, this is, this <sighs> is, you're, 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 you're driving, you're the driving force on this. Well, listen, people, there are lots of great people in Cincinnati that you should meet and this work with, true. and we want to get you here to do that. So check out Independent Film Festival on Film Freeway when you're submitting your script to Script Shop. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, w real quick, when we uh, we often talk about things that we are reading. Yes. And I thought this was actually kind of a, a lead-in that I was not expecting when we talked about the idea of things being funny when a guy does it and it's a traditionally girl thing versus vice versa. Yes. So are you explaining a segue that never happened? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, just the, you know, we talk about what we're reading, and I don't really have a book necessarily to throw out there at this point, but I was just seeing Vanity Fair has an article. We're, uh. we're, we're taping here in late February, and uh, Vanity Fair just put up an article from Nels, I, th I think her name is pronounced Scovell, Nels Scovell, Nels Scovell. Don't know exactly how, how do you to spell it, just in case. S-C-O-V-E-L-L. -L. Okay. And it's about her time working in the late show David Letterman writing room. She's one of only like a handful of women that have worked on the staff of that show. And it talks about how in 2018 here, it was roughly 10 years ago when Dave got caught up in a blackmail thing and tried to get out in front of it and said that he'd been doing creepy stuff with women on the staff and he called yeah. himself a creep multiple times in the show I specifically yeah. remember this article talks about what it was like being just sort of a woman involved in that show sort of in that environment and it's she doesn't what is she saying uh for her it wasn't so much specifically being sexually harassed uh but it does get into the idea of sexual favoritism and just mm. there were the, uh, hostile work environment type stuff that as one of the few women that's worked on this show she ran into like a brick wall and it's the sort of thing where i just i don't know i i you as a woman working and doing film related things and that's yeah. i can't even begin to wrap my head around the kind of nonsense and frustration that you have to deal with and juggle with just as like a Tuesday.
Right. And, you know, it's not, of course, it's not limited to this industry. No, it's anything. Either. Sure. It's, right. it, you know, it, it's lots and lots and lots of. I think that this industry is doing a really good job of kind of diving into it and picking it apart at this time. Or at least being a little more upfront about it than yeah. they ever were. Yeah. Right. Um, but what do you, what are your, what do you think about it? I think it's awful. And I, I yeah. think it's the kind of thing where I think as like a regular, not regular, just like some middle-class, whatever dude living in the world, I can't, I, I can't fathom it. And right. like, that's like the whole like male privilege thing. I, I don't know what it's like to deal with that. I can't even in my imagination wrap my head around that because every time I think about one of the things that I guarantee a lot of women have dealt with every day and I'm just like, well, that's insane. Why would you deal with that? But that that's just the world that you're in and I think it's yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, let's continue this discussion over the course of several episodes there we though, go. so that we can bring Alex into yeah, we need the to get conversation Alex. here Alex is- and talk about his noir, his Western noir. His Western noir. Hunt. Alex is very patiently waiting and yeah. standing by. Alex, do we still have I'm- you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank Alex, you. we're going to have to ask you, like, what, what do you think about um, the industry and some of the, just the trends that have been going on lately in terms of men and like women? Like Me Too stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay, well, I mean, like, I, I'm, I mean, I totally think it's a good thing. Think it's a great thing. The, the only small, small issue, I, I, it's not even like an issue. It's just this. This seems to only be about famous people, and I feel like there's a lot of like women that go through that kind of stuff and that aren't a part of the industry that have a much more difficult time with getting those types of stories out. Mm-hmm. And I think this probably would help it, but I don't know. I don't know. It's not my place, I don't think, to really well, have that conversation. Hon- honestly, it's everybody's place to have the conversation, I think. It doesn't matter yeah. where people are coming from, what their perspective is. It's it's all relevant. So, you know, finding ways for us to talk about it is important. But I totally hear what you're saying. That, I like, you're right. You know, the celebrities, of course, have a larger platform, and that's because of... That's like their privilege as a celebrity. Out of, out of all these cases, how like, like, like some of the stuff's really gross and really, really terrible to hear about. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, I feel like that stuff goes on in the real world uh, uh, even more that so than that. But I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's a, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe it's two different like conversations about sexual assault and then about actual like trying to move up in the workplace and people exploiting that kind of stuff so i don't know no i think you're right and i think maybe if anything because it's like say starting at the top like this then maybe it can also work its way to yeah like you're talking about somebody who's working in a hotel or or you know a restaurant or you know, some office somewhere i think so um Anywho, alex thanks for coming on the show yeah we welcome it. to script shop oh, yeah, no keeping uh, it light and funny you. here on script shop <laughs> yeah right so alex you're calling us from oklahoma correct yeah, Holdenville, Oklahoma. Holdenville. Holdenville. Nice. We get tons of Okies on this show, interestingly. Do we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we we get tons of them. Josh Hope. Mm-hmm. And that's why. is because... Because of him? Yeah, because a lot of um, our work our, our work gets kicked our way from him. Okay. Or uh, found through avenues related to him. Or I met people at festivals that he runs. So we, we get lots of Okies on the show. Nice. Yeah. Which explains the... Uh, Really, totally nice overall status of our artists here. Yeah, on script shop. Yeah, welcome to the club, Alex. Oh, thanks. It's so, pretty cool. I'm so, glad to be in the club. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us what it's like for you being a writer in Oklahoma. How does it kind of shape out for you? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this part of Oklahoma is very. Uh, it's, 
very dead, very ghost town like in a lot of things. Like you see you see sort of like where like the I guess the downfall of uh you know, of small towns are going, I guess. It's just I don't know. I live around a lot of that on the negative side. But it's also I don't know. It's nice around here. What do you mean like the you, downfall? You know what do you mean the downfall of small towns? Um, there's no like economic resource here anymore. I guess that's what it is. It's like, uh, you know, uh, there's, I don't know. It just feels like everyone's moving away from these types of things and going into either like OKC or Tulsa or like moving outward, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess it's the best way I can really put it. Yeah, no, I'm looking here. Uh, Holdenville looks like it's, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, right? You're pretty ways east of Oak City, and you're just kind of, I don't see a whole lot necessarily around you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i definitely, like, landlocked for sure, yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't stop me from going out and watching movies all the time. And, I mean, I'm a huge uh, moviegoer. How does this end up affecting your work? Yeah. Um... It doesn't really. I mean, it, it makes it. It makes me write more. I'd say, uh, you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I write more because of it. I think there's less to do around here. Mm-hmm. So sit and write. Well, and this haunt script is set in Tulsa back in the '30s. I mean, does does this does where you live do a lot of flavoring in uh, other things that you've written? Um. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh, yeah, the, like sort of like the like sort of the first scripts I wrote, I, I pretty much placed them in, in Holdenville itself. Like I would borrow from there a lot, but with Haunt, uh, like I definitely just did a lot of research of uh, 1935 Tulsa and stuff like that. So that was more of a research thing. I don't think where I live, where I live, does not affect Haunt as a script. Okay. Uh, what kind of research did you end up doing for Haunt? Um. Well, when I first started the project, I, I wanted to – I felt like I was working my way into a challenge, and I wanted that challenge to be to, to do something set in the past. And uh, so when I, when I started researching, I started uh, – you know, I was going to – like I was looking kind of like OKC, uh, 1935, like that area. I definitely wanted it to be in that time period, but uh, I don't know. I just kind of just started looking at stuff on the Internet about Tulsa and – whatnot and i don't know uh that's the best research i did so i mean when you talk about that area you're talking 1935 so first of all oklahoma is a relative was barely a territory not too long before and then you're also talking dust bowl and depression right yeah yeah um and one of your main characters too she is is she navajo indian uh well technically she's Probably Choctaw. Choctaw. That's what okay. I would. That's what I'd put her under because uh, that's kind of uh, my family's root. Mm-hmm. Does there when in other things you've written and you're talking about maybe the influence of living in Oklahoma because of the Native American history in Oklahoma? Because if, especially if we're talking about the 30s, Oklahoma was a lot more their land before then. How much yeah. of that sort of culture figures into your work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a uh, lots of tribes around here. Mm-hmm. And you, your family has Native American heritage? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm not very much. I'm like one sixteenth or something like that. I'm really, really white. Uh, but uh, my grandpa, I think, is I forget how much he is, but that's how far it goes back to actually noticing it in my family tree. Is my grandpa looked very 
Native American. Is this is this still part of like your family's identity currently? Um, I mean, like I, I have a like an ID card that says I'm Choctaw, uh, but I meant uh, I don't know. I'm extremely Irish looking, so. <laughs> So maybe a little bit more Irish than the Native American aspects. Yeah, that yeah, I'm yeah. definitely much more Irish than I am Native American. Um, you also mentioned that writing this, you kind of set yourself a challenge to write it. What do you mean yeah. by that? Um, well, I I think, you know, just with the first script you write, uh, which Haunt is definitely not my first script. It's like my 21st script or something like that. Uh I don't know. I just I think every time you start a new project, you need to set some sort of goal of I'm going to do this or whatever. But by the time I got to Haunt, I felt like it was time for something a little more based around where I lived. And I don't know. I just whatever I ended up writing that story. Um, had you written like uh, noir before, or could you talk to us no, a little bit about that? Was that was the first one? Uh, yeah. I, and I really wanted to do something that was like right right in the middle between sort of a western and noir yes like it just it was going to be a so western cool. then i was like well i kind of like this area and I, I just i don't know it just sort of became its own thing like most scripts do we both in 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 the you know reading your script and in like the little notes that we take for ourselves and then the questions we come up with allison and i both wrote down the idea of is this in the genre is there such a genre as, as western noir western noir Oh, no. I mean, you <laughs> might be the first. Well, there is now. If I was going to call it anything, it's a, it's a noir. Right, that's Western-themed. Uh, well, yeah, but you're... a little bit of Western undertone. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, maybe I you're it. starting it, yeah. Yeah. Starting a new, starting a new thing. So, um, Alex, do you want to just lay out Haunt for the listeners a little bit? Uh, yeah, I can give a little bit of a synopsis for it. So, uh, the, the movie is essentially uh, 1935 Tulsa. We uh, we uh, have a investigation going down and a lot of backstabbery, mm-hmm. and uh, we throw our character Edward right in the middle of it, and uh, he has to figure out what's going on. He's dealing with corrupt police. He's dealing yeah. with uh, crime and murder and L- love stories, struggles for run. power, love stories, everything. Yeah. So, um, I guess we could just jump into some of the themes of these. What's some of your favorite parts from the script, Alex? Um, the, the, I, I wanted to do a pretty good first 10 minutes. So it was very, I, I tried my best, I guess, to do a good catchy first 10. And I actually really like that first 10 minute, the first 10 pages uh, of the movie. I, I like that it goes from, you see sort of the inciting incident into a pretty deep conversation that entangles the lead character into where he's headed. So I like the first 10 pages. You've got very, very specific dialogue. And even though, you know, this is set in 1935 and it's, but even it doesn't, it's not like that sort of like old timey, well, Hey, how are we doing sort of thing? But it, yeah, the way there's a real specific rhythm to it. And I really like the way Edward talks about, what's happening in terms of being a writer. He's talking about people that he's interacting with as this sort of crime thing unfolds as characters and plot, and I thought that was really unique. 
Yeah, that's that's me putting a bit of myself into a character and my struggle at the time of writing. <laughs> like, I, you know, I I felt like it was kind of cheap of also making Edward a writer, but I don't know, it kind of it kind of worked. But I don't really see myself as Edward in in the in the movie, but that's a piece of me inside of Edward. I feel like it really works because we hear people on the show a lot. They talk about narration in a script or like voiceover in a mm-hmm. script being a kind of like a cheap trick and I really don't think of it that way because effective voiceover or effective narration in screenplays can do a lot mm-hmm. and I kind of loved how Edward's character he could have been just voiceovery right. a lot of the time but he's not it's it's like embodied in him totally and and in his dialogue and his characterizations it's a very verbose script but it moves action forward yes it's like an action filled verbose script i was gonna say that is actually like one of the goals i've set so like the first screenplay i wrote there was constant in inner monologue and narration and so like by the time like after i wrote one of those types of scripts i said i will i don't want to do very much inner monologue anymore and so it's it was a challenge to not do any of that which there, i don't know if there's a little bit in here or not but for the most part i tried not to it's a little bit of voiceover from clementine right and that was the thing uh, i was gonna... from her from her yeah but yeah. uh that that the voiceover from clementine that's actually that that's supposed to be her reading yep. edward's book uh-huh. it, which i thought was great i just like a, got a, a, that time that's timeline cool. kind of thing yeah, let's talk about the timeline on this. Jack and I had yeah. differing ideas about what flash forwards were, and I thought maybe they were like pullouts or flashbacks, and we couldn't decide on what was like definitely happening. So, do you want to talk to us about the timeline of the script overall? Uh, like, um, like, like how it like is it in order or like where? Yeah, it's, uh... and where it jumps and why and whatnot. Okay, so I meant like we have the we open with the burning house, which would be okay. So we jump back within the first ten minutes right. of the script. So I know there's a I mean there's a jump back there. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know how how many times I go back in time. Honestly, well, so I, I felt like I was just writing it and then I jump back sometimes. Well, so but there is. I mean, so when, when Clementine is doing the dialogue and she's talking about this house that's on fire and fire being sort of a ghostly, haunting, almost cleansing thing, all of that is her reading Edward having written a book about what we're about to see in the movie, and that's a little bit set after all the events. Of the yeah. movie, right? Yeah. So remember when Clementine gets the book as like blackmail? Mm-hmm. That happens yeah. in the past, but he hasn't written that book yet, that right? That was his first book. Oh, so there's a couple of different books there's going on. There's two books. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry if and I sound like an idiot on this show. <laughs> the second book yeah. throughout any time where she's having a monologue. Uh-huh. Yeah, because she's the monologue and her voiceover stuff is her reading the the account that Edward has put down on paper of all this mix up that he got involved with with the police chief and all that. Um, what about the part where it's like flash forward two years and it's Clementine and Edward talking about his writing? How did they end up becoming a thing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, honestly, like it's kind of like I, I'd say that's kind of where the third act starts. Uh-huh. And, I just wanted to push time forward a little bit, and I thought it would be good for them to push forward in time and be friends. I I don't really know why. I just did that for some reason. 
One of the things that I thought was uh, good, and you're talking about that first 10 and how you really like it, there are, and I think I noticed this the most in the beginning, there are a lot of little descriptive elements that are there for the person reading the script that I don't know necessarily would play through if this was to be produced into a film. Is that sort of a thing where like, you sort of want to reward the reader, or is that like a thing that you've woven into a lot of the other things that you've written? I honestly don't really care that much about the reader. Okay. I would rather <laughs> this be a, uh, a movie. And I do think it would be pretty interesting. I think you're talking about, I have the fact that the police chief had actually dipped his hand in ink <laughs> and had put fingerprints all over through the, through the room. Right. And I just kind of thought that would be an interesting looking background for a person that is looking through stuff. So uh, I thought that would look great on screen, uh, and if somebody could pick that up on screen, I think that would be uh, uh, it would be awesome. Well, Jack, what's interesting about that question, like are you putting Easter eggs in your scripts for mm-hmm. readers, mm-hmm. is that in this sense the readers are producers. Yeah. So yeah. even if, you know, you say things that would might not show up on screen, they might, because what he's doing is informing the world that somebody's going to build in film. That's true. So the readers would be the people making the movie, so not necessarily well, I like guess. the viewers. I guess. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, the readers are valuable. Yeah, and you know, you talk a lot. We're asking you questions like, why this, why this, why this? And you're saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I just wonder, like, you've written over 20 scripts. You must have some pretty good guts developed in terms of, like, story and beat. And can you just talk to us a little bit about how different it is writing scripts now from when you began writing yeah. scripts? In the in the beginning, I, I don't. I think it's you. You hear a lot of people say. Well, I mean, I don't know a lot. Of, like you just hear mentors that write screenplays. They say start easy with a script. But I've always I've always been about a challenge. And like the first script I wrote is an absolute mess. It is it is terrible. And I I saw where I was wrong there. But I think every time. So every time I start a script, I want to do a big project. I don't really care if it's like an indie project that I could make or anything like that. I want it to be a bigger thing on paper. And I always, I write it and, uh, you know, they, they fail a lot of times. They fail for the probably the good, like first half of them. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know. What you've talked about, you like to set a, a goal for yourself when you're writing a script. This was the goal of doing something that was maybe a little bit more historical. What have been some of the other goals that you've set for yourself in other in other uh, works that you've okay. done? Okay. Um, well, you know, I wanted to do like a larger, like a just a larger scale movie, like a, like a big blockbuster kind of movie, and and that was sort of a goal. I think uh, I. But I don't know, because cause like a lot of those scripts where I set those goals, they end up being messes and they're really bad. You know, like very rarely they turn out pretty good. And I, I mean, this one is probably one of the better ones I've wrote. So I, I really don't know. What do, what do you think makes this one better? Like, why do you yeah. think you really got this one? Um, this one is the dialogue. The, 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 this is where I have stepped up in dialogue. All the dialogue in previous scripts have been really bad, very, very, like, on the nose. Uh, I don't know. A lot of the scripts were just bad in dialogue. And this one I tried better, and I think I did an all right job at at, uh, dialogue on this one. Well, you know, speaking of dialogue, maybe we should uh, jump into a little bit of the dialogue that you've got written here. Yeah. Okay. 
So, um, listeners, we're going to be reading a selection of the script today. Um, I will be playing Clementine, Jack will be playing Edward Hall, and Frank, our mystery man here, will be doing all of the action headings. <laughs> so, okay. you guys got your selection, and we'll talk to Alex in just a few moments. Yeah, Alex, we'll, right, we'll be right back to you. Okay. Okay. So, you guys got your selections pulled up? Mm-hmm. All right. Frank, are you in the mood for action? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. My mic's sagging a bit. Well, womp womp. That's, <laughs> this is this is good. Come on, Frank. Yeah, don't that, toss up a softball that like was, that. That was good. What am I supposed to do? I'm that only was here really good. <laughs> All right, <sighs> Frank. Whenever you're ready, take us away. Interior. Edward's car moving. Edward sees a beautiful woman walking. In a closer glance, it is revealed to be Clementine. Unsure if it is Clementine, he pulls over to the side and parks. Sidewalk. Ed exits his vehicle and slowly stalks her. Clementine doesn't notice him following yet. He briefly runs to catch up, startling her. Ma'am, can I have a word? My God, you scared me. I was wondering if I could have a word. She keeps walking in an attempt to escape him. I need to go home. Let me walk you there. No, thank you. I'm fine. Maybe I have the wrong person. You probably do. Well, how would I know? Because I'm going home and I don't have a business appointment in the street. Is your name Clementine? Clementine reaches into her bag and pulls out a gun. (laughs) She keeps it pointed at Ed. Turn around and I'll walk you back to your car. Be careful. Somebody could see. They begin to walk back to his car. Put your hands down. You're not worried about me reaching for my gun? Act casual. How do you know my name? Lieutenant Hannah's testimony. I figured you were the contact. Yes. I need you to send him a message. No, I'm not your carrier pigeon. And why is that? Because I'm here to solve a crime, not collude with any of this nonsense. Tell him I'm not involved with this. This is his problem. If you don't help me now, they could easily make it only your problem. I'm a suspect? Are they going to sell me out? They've made it this far. I'm sure using you as a scapegoat isn't above them. I see it all. I'm done for. I don't know anyone's plans or motives yet. All I know now is caution. From what I find, I can promise I'll tell the truth. I wouldn't let them throw you under the bus. Clementine returns the gun to the bag. A suspicious man casually watches across the street. Laughter can be heard as neighboring children play in the yard. Are we being watched? Edward doesn't need to look at him. I don't know. I think he's just an average Joe. How close is this to being over? We could figure that out if you have a safe place to talk. Interior. Clementine's house. Living room. Day. Edward sits on the couch looking at Clementine's old family portraits. Each one old and rustic. The Native American families in the photos resemble Clementine. Edward's shoes scratch the floor from the thin layer of dust that has spread throughout. Clementine enters the room with a broom. No need to clean. I'm embarrassed by it. The dirt always seeps in like this. If you wait a moment, I have a cup of coffee for you in the kitchen. You sweep then, and I'll pour the coffee. Clementine quickly sweeps. What do you know about that day? Interior, Clementine's house. Kitchen, continuous. Ed scavenges the cupboard for two coffee cups. You were scared, and you ran. You don't have to recall it for me right away. We can start other places. Intercut between Edward and Clementine. Aren't you supposed to cross-analyze the stories? I could, but I'd rather spend our time today understanding you. Understand me? I've heard enough plot. I'm more interested in character now. I don't want to frighten you, but I'm trying to enter your headspace. Edward enters the room with two cups of coffee. The questions are easier, like about that gun. Was it a gift? You buy it? It was a gift. From who? 
Floyd Casey. Floyd. How do you know Floyd? Ed sits back down. I was going to marry him. Do you know a lot about him? His past? I'm sorry. He has a dense record. You think someone would want him dead? Are you sure he's dead? Lieutenant Adams said so. He saw the body. Until we get an autopsy report, it'll be tough to tell. It's hard to call Floyd a victim, but he did have a lot of enemies. Any prominent ones? It could have been the whole town. That is an infinite amount of open-ended reasons. Anything that could be a little more narrow. Clementine thinks. Throw something random out, like did he screw over anyone that worked for him? Yeah. But he'd let them know it's business, and if they tried something, they'd get it worse. And this is something you've seen before? Mm, yeah, I have. Can I hear that story? I don't like telling those kind. It's okay. You don't have to. I'm just learning. I'm separating you from Floyd. I'm figuring out differences in behavior. What's my behavior? Well, currently, you're a kind lady. Seen. Thanks, Alex. Oh, awesome. Y'all did great. Oh, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Uh, man, the beats are really, really great in this dialogue for noir. Um, did you have oh, to... You. You're welcome. Did you have to do any like specific type of language research to kind of get that rhythm down? I just watched noir movies. <laughs> That's all I did. Cool. I, I watched a lot of noir movies. What were some of your favorites? Um... You know, I, I watched uh, The Third Man. Uh, there was, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know do, do you guys have a, do you guys get on Filmstruck, any of that subscription channel? Mm, I don't. I do, okay, but they not do, they do too totally much. On there. And they did, during this period of time, they had this big theme of all these noir movies. So it was just a huge pack of them. So honestly, like, I can't even tell you the names of how many I read. The one specifically, though, I keep forgetting what it's called. I think you I I remember th- in the Sorry. in the info you sent us. I think it was the the man who walks by night. Yeah, that one. That one. He walks by night. He I walks by night. Are there like certain elements that specifically compose noir that you zoned in on? Mm. Um, no. Uh, with with he walks by night. That movie's actually just kind of standard police practice. If a crime happens, and then just pretty much everything that would happen to the police to them eventually taking them down. Uh, when it comes to, I don't know, I, I took a lot of things from that movie, though. I, I borrowed sort of the idea of, the, the police were wearing gas masks in that movie, and I liked that a whole lot. And that figures into uh, the script for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't know. That, that, that movie was just standard police practice. There's something I loved about it. They 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 did have beady like beady uh, dialogue like that. But uh, I don't know. The dialogue just took took a second. It just took me trying and trying till I liked the way it sounded. I think it's so cool when there is like really specific and stilted dialogue like that when it's done in a way. When I was reading your script, it made me remember back to uh, that movie Brick. That's uh yeah. that uh, yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt did with was it Ryan Johnson did that one? Yeah, yeah. That was the the, the high it's a, it's a high school murder mystery, but even though it's set contemporarily, all the kids just talking like oh, that's funny. Hard boiled noir dialogue. It's excellent. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't really know if that one really inspired this, but yeah, I love that movie. So do, definitely, I think it's similar. Yeah, with the the beady dialogue. Yeah. Are you drawn to like mysteries? Like, is there is that a thing? I love theme- crime movies. I go. absolutely like. I would say that's probably one of my favorite type of movie. If that's a genre, crime movie. But yeah, I love crime movies.
And when you build kind of a mystery around it, how do you start? Seems like that would be so hard. I feel like that too. Do you start from the beginning and then just let the and then figure out the end as you go, or are you starting from an ending and then building around it? You, all, I mean, my personal advice: always start at the end to figure out what you want to happen. And then you think about your beginning, and then you think about things you want in there, and then you just kind of connect the dots like a snake. <laughs> okay. So one of the things about this script in particular, the even though as the course of this script goes along, and you've got this Edward who's a private eye who gets hired by the Tulsa police to kind of help, not the whole police department, but the, the chief and one of his guys to sort of help cover up this real brutal murder and fire and he's also trying to figure out what's going on what was clementine's involvement there are these mysterious there's at least one mysterious dude in a gas mask with a gun the payoff at the end isn't so much about the reveal of the bad guy as it is that this is sort of all just sort of edward's story is that did i read that right yeah i think i wanted to be a little i mean I wanted to be sort of subversive with the ending. I didn't want to do the big reveal because I don't think it would live. I never really think the reveal lives up to what you've been wanting the whole time anyway. So I kind of wanted to be more about Ed and what Ed wants and then seeing Clementine sort of live out his ultimate dream of, I guess, leaving. I was just going to ask, like, in terms of the development of Edward's character, what do you really see as like his driving through line and his driving motivation? Um, and just truth. I think I think he's a person yeah. that that just wants answers, and he kind of will always go for an answer, no matter what the bait is or anything. He'll always seek, and no matter also what the threat is to him trying to get to that answer, because yeah. he puts himself out there a lot in this script. Yeah, I, I wonder if that kind of like virtue only could really exist in the 1930s world. Or at least in a cinematic sense, yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, because it's... What I really love about the script is he retains that naivete without being shallow. He mm-hmm. still has a lot of depth that isn't just... I, I mean, <laughs> I was about to say something totally repetitive, but he is. He's a deep character while still being this white knight on a white horse. Yeah kind of guy. And he's also battling a lot of his own demons. There's a there's a there the script just sort of lightly touches on his past with his wife and whatever end that she came to that he's kind of still processing and Clementine as they sort of develop a relationship and the script plays out uh sort of lets him know that she doesn't think that he's really processed all this yet. Do you is this a character that you've written before or that you plan on coming back to because there's a lot of things that you sort of left out there that could be mined for other work? Um I I don't think I I ever really plan on going back to Edward. Uh I I just I mean for the most part he just sort of has, you know, that thing that everyone has in their past that it's just sad, I feel like. And that uh, just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I plan on going back to Edward, though, um, or br- bringing him back in any form. Do you as a writer have anything that you're constantly trying to process and work out in your scripts? I think anything I process is unknown to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, the, as, the, as the whole script was finished, I did find things in there that was like a metaphor for my own life, and I think I subconsciously wrote that, and I didn't even mean to. Like which parts? Uh, yeah. Just kind of the idea of just being, you know, just always trying to, you know, being trapped in this 
town and small, just small town life, you know, and what's the answer out of it? You know, I feel like I subconsciously put that in there of what is my escape from this place, which I don't think it's all bad either. It just... It's complicated. Yeah, and so in in the script, there are a lot of big things that happen in Tulsa 1935, which is a relatively small town. You've got a couple good explosions, big gunfights. Like, there's a lot of excitement going on in the city, right, in in your script. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, in, in the city, yeah. There's there's definitely lots of stuff going on, but I guess I was just saying like I, I think I snuck something weird in there about my own personal situation of of life that I didn't even mean to. Well, if you let's say that there were no tethers on what you were doing professionally, what would you want to do? Like, where would you want to go and live? If if uh, what I I would just love to be a, a writer. I mean, like that's that's all I want to do. I would love to screenwrite. Do you think you'd want to be anywhere? I mean, because you are a screenwriter now. You know, do you, would you want to move to a different city and work there? Um, you know, me and me and my uh, my girlfriend, which will be my wife next month. Hey, uh, congrats! Congratulations. Any anywhere, honestly. So. Yeah. Do you guys have? Uh, plans to like just travel and try out new things or anything? Well, you know, she she's a nurse. She can be a traveling nurse. We can go anywhere. I think with my retail experience, I can probably go any retail place too. But I I, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm more about just being a cloud that sort of never changes breeze, just sort of follows its own path kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just kind of go with the flow, I guess. I, 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 I exert myself to, to be a writer, but I guess I'm not <laughs> too concerned about certain things. Yeah. Well, with this script, Haunt, or with any of your others, do you have plans to work on productions of any of them coming up? Oh, uh, no, but uh, let me get y'all's personal take on this, okay? Can okay. I- sure. Okay, so uh, in Oklahoma, the red we have the Red Dirt uh, Film Festival. It's in Stillwater. I actually just got selected for that with this script. Cool, so congratulations! That. So that's so that's it's pretty cool because uh, there's there's two big ones in Oklahoma. There's a Red Dirt one, and then there's the um, oh, I think Twister Alley or something like that. That's yeah. the only ones that are really that I know of. Although we have we have Dead Center too, but they don't do screenplays. Well, I got selected for 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 the. Uh, the Red Dirt Film Festival. Well, so um, during the uh, ceremony where uh, they will name the nominations and the winner and all, they want to do a, they want to take seven minutes from my script and they want to uh, perform it with actors. And I don't have to be a part of any of that. They just want to borrow some of that. I don't know if that's a good idea. If if somebody was to ask you, you that with a something you wrote, do you think you would let them take seven minutes of your script to perform it on stage? I absolutely would. I think it's, okay. I think it's a really, really rewarding idea. Okay. And I, yeah. Okay. What are some of your hesitations about it? Um, I guess I, I'm just so caught up on it belongs on screen. Yeah. That's a great idea, but um, I think that everybody understands that these are a work, that, that it's kind of a work at this point. So yeah. what ends up happening is that you're given an opportunity to showcase right. your work, whereas you might not get that opportunity otherwise. Um, with actors as well, getting to hear the dialogue can be really valuable, and anybody watching is going to be watching with the mindset that this is a screenplay. 
and not a theatrical play. So I think that, mm-hmm. the, that the parameters are set appropriately prior to, to the read. Yeah. Hearing y'all go through it was the first time I ever heard two people go back and forth with it. And it was very, uh, kind of opened me up to the uh, idea of actually letting somebody uh, do this on stage, which I, I don't know why I'm just so hesitated about it. It's just something, something strange that I just didn't feel like I, I just was a hundred percent, I guess. I think it's a natural next step for you, yeah. honestly. And when you see people yeah. really embody your characters, I find that it sparks a lot of creativity for me and really pushes me forward. Well, and Allison, you've talked, we've talked on this show uh, multiple times about, I mean, how many guests have we had on that have been from you having been to a film festival and seeing somebody else's work and having interactions with people and building up relationships. This is another opportunity, I would think, to start to build relationships either creatively or professionally or whatever. And I, I think any opportunity is a good thing, right? I'm going to I'm going to go to the festival no matter what and I I definitely plan on networking there but it was more the idea of somebody performing on stage cuz I didn't feel like it worked on stage but it might actually work on stage I guess uh that's I guess that's all I'm really taken from it is it might actually work on stage Yeah I think you should but, be uh, very yeah, hopeful you. about it Yeah I think so too I, And I appreciate you asking and bringing it up too I think that's awesome I take advice from wherever. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that, man. That's great. Good luck uh, with the, with people picking up on that and everything. Yeah. My brother Dwayne lives in Stillwater, so if you see him, tell him I said hi. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, sweet. Come on. Also said this up. Shout out to Dwayne. Uh, yeah, hey, Dwayne. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Alex, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or if they have read your script and uh, they're interested in talking to you more about it, what's a good way for them to do it for you? Facebook, email, what is it? I got a Twitter account. Okay. Uh, Alex Workman with an O instead of an A for Workman. Okay. Well, there you go. And we will have various, uh, we'll have at least that link uh, available to you through uh, on our on our website, scriptshopshow.com, mm-hmm. when uh, when we've got you going here on the show. That's, uh, that's great, man. Congratulations on the upcoming wedding. Congratulations on the film festival. Good luck with all of that. Yeah, it's a, March is a pretty big month. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. You're Good busy for you. too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So thanks for coming on the show, and we'll catch you later, Alex. Thanks, man. Okay. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. I do love this Western noir thing. I do too. I it's think so fun. He could that could be like the first of a thing. That uh, we should try to figure out if there are others, but like he nails it. Yeah. You know, he really does. I love the the part where there's a bit of a climax and, like, the bad guy is on a horse, like, mm-hmm. riding away from the cops. Mm-hmm. That's a cool part that you don't really get very often right. when they're yes, wearing trench noir- coats exactly. and running through city streets. Yes, yeah. it's incredible. And it's so fun, too, because I feel like noir is something that people really fantasize about. They mm-hmm. love doing it, whether it is theatrical or screenplay. But there's not ever really surprise in noir, at least not successfully, because it follows such um, a formulaic right. thing. So having it be a Western-flavored noir is is awesome. I dug it a lot. To- I love that Clementine um, is like not like a 1930s white lounge singer with blonde hair. <laughs> right. You know, like she's the Oklahoma version of who this woman could potentially be. And it's just really, really, really fun. And she brings a whole heap of trouble up into Edward's <laughs> I world. I love when she pulls that gun out of her yeah. bag. It's like, <laughs> watch out. But, uh, you know, this. I got to just say this real quick. This sure. reminded me a lot of when we did um, Dead Husband in a Western Town. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Brian Dobbins. And, yeah, and because we had a lot of really strong female characters in that one and mm-hmm. a lot of 
look over here. Shoo, somebody else has right. got you. Right. Kind of stuff. That was fun. Yeah, I agree. If you have uh, things that you fantasize about, whether they are noir-related or Western Hi, noir. Hi, I'm Allison. <laughs> or otherwise, uh, and you've written some of those things down in script form and you're interested in us reading them, the best way to get them to us. What if somebody sent us a script of us doing the show? I think that would be our, our first super fan. And <laughs> that I would, would be so awesome. I would be flattered beyond words, oh to be honest gosh. with you. What do you think it would be? Like, what genre would that be in? Well, it would have Horror. to be a comic book, I think. Oh, I love that. A little bit of Jack and Allison fan art going on? It would on. probably be Frank coming, like, actually killing us. Or just getting fed up with our nonsense, yeah. He'd be, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Frank, you'd be justified, for sure. Absolutely you would. It's like, uh, especially if it was comic book form, it would be us, like, just hyper-given Frank shit all the time. <laughs> and then the Frank in the, it, there would be panels of Frank just, like, seething, mm-hmm. looking over at us, laughing and drinking wine on the show or something. Right, and then working on his plot in his secret lair. Yeah, and he comes back and gets his revenge. Mm-hmm. Poisoning the microphones is probably a good start. <laughs> what do you think, Frank? I'll never let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, that's such a good answer. Ooh, Frank Byrne, so good. Anywho, uh, things you've written down, if you want to get them to us, uh, we have two options for you. Scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Or Film Freeway. www.filmfreeway.com. Look up Script Shop. You can submit through there. And uh, if you are listening to us and uh, you are listening to us, say, on iTunes, you could uh, say subscribe. You could leave us a review. Please leave us a review. That helps uh, a lot of things out, including us. Uh, and whatever the, the other like thumbs up star rating options are, we're a big fan of all that. We yeah. want you to be honest. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Script Shop Show, and also Script Shop Show on Patreon. Patreon, <laughs> darn to- it. It's just totally Patreon. I'm not used to it. I, it I'm, I'm a slow burn learner. Yeah. A slow blurner. A blur. <laughs> a slow blurner. I'm like the slow cooker, but just for uh, learning. A blurning. <laughs> For blurning. <laughs> All right, everybody. We got it. This is Thanks it. for listening. Until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West, hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley, produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.